So Shana, sort of a landmark moment this week in Michigan's criminal justice system. The first time that people who have been found to be wrongfully convicted actually get a little bit of compensation for the time that they've spent in prison. Tell me what the mood was like in the courtroom. It was interesting. It was a pretty somber mood, Um, even for those who were walking away with pretty significant sums of money, essentially because this is money that is meant to compensate them for time in prison. Um, One of the gentlemen who uh, did walk away with with some money, Marwin McHenry, he spent about four years in prison. He's in his mid-20s now. And he says, you know, there's really nothing that can compensate me for my time, but... I'm just grateful that... um that I did get something and I'm able to start somewhere in life. So maybe not music blasting, people dancing on the walls or anything like that, but at least it's something, right? For some people, this is a happy ending to a really sad saga. Right. But not for everybody. There were a couple of people, uh, two of them, who went home having had their cases essentially dismissed because essentially there wasn't DNA or, you know, a new witness coming forward and saying, you know, this guy did it. No, that guy did it. Uh, Their cases turned on, you know, a, a legal error or something went wrong in a previous trial. And in one case, he got a new trial. And at that new trial, he was found not guilty. And the judge said, look, because you didn't have any new evidence that essentially exonerated you, you don't fit. You, I, I can't give you any money for that. So is this something that lawmakers had in mind when they were passing this law? Was this their intent to actually exclude some people from this? Well, it's interesting. I asked Democratic Senator Steve Bita who uh, has spent the last 12 years trying to get compensation for the wrongfully convicted. And I asked him, you know, the lawyers are saying, hey, the language of the statute doesn't match the legislative intent. That's you. So what do you think of that? And this is what he had to say. I think there is an intent to compensate um, innocent people who are wrongfully convicted. But there are some situations that if you didn't really quite meet that standard for somebody that was exonerated, that we have to make a definitional uh, decision. And that's kind of where that's at. So we had to draw the line somewhere, basically. Right. I mean, he's basically saying, you know, you got to draw a line in the sand. And in this case, it's going to be new evidence because there is a legal difference between being found not guilty and being innocent. So this is a really good example, I think, of how, let's say you're a prison reform advocate and this is the issue you've been working on, you might be tempted to think, wow, once this bill has been passed by the legislature and signed by the governor, that's the victory. We have won, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) But uh, in reality, that's just the beginning. That's just where we start to find out how these laws actually affect people. Right. I mean, when we think about it, we kind of go back to our our middle school civics class. The legislature may create the laws, but it is the courts who interpret the laws and kind of, you know, going broader out and thinking of really any laws out there. If you are affected by a law that you think might not be constitutional or it's vague or it's being misinterpreted somehow, you as a citizen have the power to try and take that case to court and have a court decide, you know, is this a constitutional law? Is it being um, enacted properly? And when we think about citizen involvement, a lot of times we think about, you know, going to the ballots. We think about it from the voting aspect. We have an election coming up, the ballot proposals and creating your own ballot proposals. But there's this other avenue that people can get involved in, and that's through the courts. 